Hello, I'm Steph McGovern and this is Let's Make the New Now, brought to you by the Royal Bank of Scotland. Now today, we're talking about the companies who've managed to find a gap in the market in 2020, because as we know, many avenues of trade were closed during lockdown, but then other opportunities came up which allowed SMEs uh, to find opportunities to exploit them. So today we're delighted to say we're joined by Tamara Littleton, who's CEO and founder of The Social Element. Hello, Tamara. Hello there. Hiya. Now, can you tell me, first of all, a little bit about what your business actually does? Yes, of course. So we help companies make sense of the uh, complex digital and social media landscape with a range of social media services. So essentially, we're, we're helping brands with managing Facebook and Twitter uh, all across the world. So given your business is digital, how were you impacted by the pandemic? As a social media company, we were pretty lucky that we, we didn't lose any clients in lockdown because we, we essentially still needed to be the voice of the brand on social media. Um, and also we had a remote team, so that, that did help us. But business definitely slowed down. Um, a few clients went on hold because we've got some in the travel sector and the auto sector. But what we quickly realised, though, was that all of our clients were going through their own issues because of lockdown. So they had like loss of revenue, dealing with scared and angry consumers. Um, so we saw a gap in the market and we focused heavily on crisis management. Ah, so you saw the gap there with crisis management. Tell us a bit about what that then meant. So what type of work were you then doing? So um, crisis management on social media, it, it's really focused on helping protect the reputation of a company. So there might be a consumer backlash, uh, usually because of something like a product recall or a data breach or allegations of misconduct or something. Um, so when a company goes into crisis mode, uh, social media just becomes flooded with consumers expressing their anger on social media and then the news gets involved and it helps fan the flames. And it's really stressful to, to handle this. And that's where PR people are usually advising companies. But there are some very, very specific things that need to be done on social media to help manage that backlash. And given, to be honest, over the seven, last seven months, we've all been in one big pandemic crisis. Uh, we found that our services were really in demand. Can you just explain a bit about what that actually means? What were you doing? So on a daily basis, we'd be providing reports uh, using, using like social listening tools. So we're tracking what people are saying on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's positive, negative. We can also track emotions as well. And then feeding that all back to the companies, they were able to sort of know what was going on, what consumers were saying, and it helped them adjust their strategy. I suppose one of the biggest things that our clients were saying that they found helpful was that we were helping them find a tone of voice. So to help them be more human and empathetic on social platforms. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really key. And then as demand rose, we, we just found ourselves developing almost like a, a full crisis management offering, which combined live crisis management with an overall approach to crisis preparation so that they could be ready. Because um, as it happens, on as well as running the social element, I'm a co-founder of a tech company called Polpio. And uh, basically, this company ended up being really key because we, 
we simulate a crisis uh, so that companies can prepare their response and see what it's like to go through a crisis. And then we have role players who act as the public and journalists, and it's like incredibly immersive. So what we did is we combined the two so that we can do live crisis management, but we can also um, help focus on what the next crisis might be and get them prepared. And, and to be honest, let's face it, in, in today's world, we, we don't know what that crisis is yeah. going to be. Yeah, it's really fascinating, Tamara, to think about all of this going on behind the scenes, that, that you know, this sense of you role-playing and working out how people might react to things. And it's interesting you say as well, this clearly wasn't just about the pandemic then, it was all the other things that were happening too. Yeah, absolutely, because obviously there was um, there was a call for a boycott of Facebook um, for a month. The travel industry has been in crisis um, and also a massive fear of cyber breaches. I think security has been more lax perhaps with people working from home. Uh, so that has been a big fear for, yeah. for companies. But I think maybe even wider than that, I think there's a sort of realisation that companies have realize that they need to be more human and and kind um so that whole approach is it's really important to get that communication done yeah. well so it sounds like this is something that's going to continue to grow then because it isn't just a business need because of the pandemic you know there's so much more it, it, you know is this your business doing this forever now do you think yeah, no, it's absolutely, it's kind of, it's embedded in our approach now. I mean, we were doing a small amount before, but I, I feel like this is something that our clients will just want uh, going forward. If anything, it's highlighted to people that um, they uh, perhaps weren't as prepared as they, they could have been. And I think really the world is just sort of changing so much. They're more focused on what else do they need to be prepared for. Yeah. And I guess the thing about business is it's ever evolving, isn't it? So, yes, you've identified this gap, but I imagine your plan is to keep trying to find more. I don't think I'll ever stop. I've uh, started two companies. Uh, I've pivoted the social element uh, twice now. And uh, yes, we'll just keep finding new ways of working and new opportunities. I, I think it's just in my blood and it's what our clients need. Have the last few months given you a chance to come up with a great business idea? Not sure where to start? Then try the Royal Bank of Scotland Business Builder. It's an online resource with everything you'll need to get your idea off the ground. From how to write a business plan to the intricacies of a cash flow forecast. It's all there. Just search Royal Bank of Scotland Business Builder and let's make the new now together. Tamara, it, it's fair to say, isn't it? It's every business's dream to identify a gap in the market. So like, how would you actually go about finding it? That's a good question, actually. So the way that we approach it, so number one, we spoke to our customers. We were so close to what they were going through. Uh, we were having conversations with them. We were finding out what their issues were. And so that allowed us to sort of start thinking about how could we help them better. We did a lot of research. I was reading so many articles and, you know, just absorbing all of the information coming out of, you know, the big consultancy companies. I have various different WhatsApp groups and LinkedIn groups with um, peers, company peers, other founders, um, and just, you know, talking to other people to sort of just almost try and predict what's going to be happening. 
And also we went back to the basics of, you know, when you start a company, often, often the first thing you do is do a business plan. We rewrote our entire uh, roadmap. So we had done all of our, you know, plans of what we were up to, but we went back to what do we stand for? What are we doing? And we then sort of were able to really focus the whole company on we're going to be doing more of this. And, and we had a whole uh, approach to how we were going to support our clients, um, even the sort of sales structure of like, it's okay to give our time away in these uh, times because that's what we need to do. There are clients. So I think a mixture of all of those things, we just, uh, I mean, I didn't sleep a huge amount in those early sort of uh, months uh, just because it was obsessively researching, talking and test and learn. I mean, going back to what tech companies do and um, all of the big companies is you just try things, you tweak them. Is this useful? No, uh, move on, try something else. So I yeah. think that whole iterative process really helps. Yeah, and that then allowed you to make the new now. Yes, absolutely. When you, you know, you, you talk about talking to your clients, you went back and did your business plan again, you, you know, you said about research. So it, there was a lot of time then given to this. It really was a case of, yes, our business is doing what it's doing, but we're just going to all stop and look at what, what is happening now. So do you think that's really important thing that you will always do now is just take time to just reassess what you actually stand for and rewrite your business plan? Yes, I think it's something that as an exec team is always a healthy thing to do. We have sort of quarterly uh, reviews anyway, but really that absolute focus that we had. And I think we're we're lucky in the sense that I've got a great team who were able to get on with the day-to-day -day work as well, because as well as focusing on crisis, we had a lot of uh, brands just relying on us to just keep talking back to their consumers on social media and you know we're working in so many different industries so some of them were thriving in this we're working with people who are selling you know snacks and biscuits and alcohol for example so we had the team really needed to keep going while um, a smaller group of us were focusing on how we adapt and how we change and and actually i think it was just a a great way to do it and um it really kind of brought out that uh, that entrepreneurial spirit in all of us. Yeah, and, and so many positives have come from it, haven't they? So what have you learned then, would you say, as a business in all of this? Yeah, it's been intense. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me, it's it's all about the people. Um, and it's, it's equally as important to look after your team and your clients. And, you know, at the beginning, our clients were going through uh, th their own things and, and we gave a lot of our time away for free. Um, uh, you know, with some of these reports, et cetera. I, I don't regret that at all. I think that was exactly the thing that we should have been. We were there for our clients. They recognize that and they're, they're grateful. And, and for me, it's all about long-term relationships. We really focused on the well-being of our team. Um, I think uh, for about five weeks, I was doing daily briefings every day. Um, and that was really crucial uh, to make sure that people felt connected with each other because I have people all over the world. Um, but also, I, I've been back in the weeds more, perhaps, and, and very kind of, you know, connected to my team. So I would say there's been a positive outcome that, that you know, there is a real sense of connection within the team. Yeah. So it sounds like that's probably taught you, Tamara, quite a lot about your team as well and you perhaps wouldn't have had this experience had it not been for the pandemic. 
Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think, you know, we're used to working remotely um, and we're used to working on uh, Zoom calls, but we, we switched so much to doing more Zoom and just being able to have big all hands meetings with everyone on, on camera was was incredible. And and yeah, it's it's definitely fostered a, a closer relationship. Yeah. In terms of like your top tips then from what you've learned from your own business and also from working with your clients and what they've done, what would your top tips be? So I think uh, definitely take time to think and pause and research, listen more than you talk, um, and also stay close to your own team because they're the ones who are you know, on the front line. They know what's going on as well. So I think just you up the communication and you focus on the strategy and don't be afraid to uh, test and fail. Yeah, and interesting that point you make as well as, you know, as a CEO, um, it, it must have been, I, I don't know, strange to, to go back to the groundwork for you, but clearly that was key. Yes, I mean, I like to think that I've never been too far away, um, but uh, it was really valuable and it was just a quite a connecting approach for the for the company that I was just so close, but also... I think my clients really appreciated it that, you know, I was there, you know, they, they had, I had their back. Oh, brilliant. Well, lovely to chat to you, Tamara. Thanks, Steph. That's it from me for now. Now, in our fourth and final episode of Let's Make the New Now, we'll be talking about something that's pretty much challenged everyone since March 2020, working from home. Now, lockdown may be over, but is working from home the future? That's what we'll be talking about. See you then. Bye-bye.